Uh, If you have come to our afternoon communion gatherings over the last few months, uh, I have been slowly working through the Beatitudes. Uh, I have been drawn to the Beatitudes in this challenging season uh, because they take us right to the root of what being a disciple of Jesus is all about and how disciples ought to live in the world. And that seems to me something we need right now in Western Christianity. And the beatitude that I am up to is, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Uh, And that seems like a good passage uh, for a Sunday when we have just ordained new deacons. Uh, And more generally, as we think about what our community should look like going forward. So I'm going to read all the Beatitudes. We're going to focus in on blessed are the merciful, but give your attention to the reading of God's word this morning. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The grass withers, the flower fades, God's word endures forever. Uh, The ministry of Jesus was characterized by mercy. So in Matthew 9, two blind men cried out, uh, Have mercy on us, son of David. Uh, And Jesus stopped, gave them his full attention, touched their eyes, and healed them. Uh, In Matthew 17... A father brought his sick son to Jesus and he cried out, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly. And Jesus stopped, gave his full attention, and healed the son. Uh, Episodes like these, of which there are many in the Gospels, they give us a window into what mercy is. It is stopping, giving someone your attention, and moving towards them in compassionate help. We often use mercy as a synonym of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a kind of mercy, but mercy is stopping, giving someone your attention, and moving toward them in compassionate help. Jesus tells a story about a good Samaritan who bound up an injured man, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. He didn't pass by like the priest and the Levite. 
he stopped, he gave his full attention, and he moved toward the wounded man in compassionate action. That's mercy. So mercy is not a natural response. Mercy cuts against the grain of our fallen, sinful natures. And I think we normally think of not being merciful in terms of our desire to lash out and get even. Uh, You know, it's hard to be merciful to someone who disrespected you or uh, abused you or mistreated you in some way. The last thing we want to do is move toward that person and extend mercy. Uh, But there's another way that mercy is not a natural response, and that's what I kind of want to zero in on here, and I think we get when we look at the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, And that, that has to do with our indifference to other people. Uh, We care primarily about ourselves. We value our plans and our time and our resources and our priorities. What could be more important than our trials and what is happening in our lives after all? So the opposite of mercy is not just vengeance. The opposite of mercy is also indifference, ambivalence, disinterest. It is overlooking and not noticing people. Remember, Jesus' mercy was stopping, paying attention, and moving toward people. So the opposite of mercy is not stopping, not paying attention, and not moving toward people. Uh, We have been through this turbulent time uh, marked by crises around uh, the pandemic and race and politics, a time uh, that we all know has caused a lot of division uh, in the church and in families. Uh, And I'm not diving into those subjects this morning. You've heard me talk about those things before. But I've had a growing conviction uh, that there is something that underlies all three of these crises that we've sort of been living through. Uh, Something that connects the way that people inside the church and outside of the church are responding to pandemic and race and political issues. And that one thing that I think unites all of these different crises is a profound indifference to the suffering of other people. Uh, Even, and sometimes especially among religious people, we are seeing a pervasive lack of sympathy uh, toward the elderly, toward minorities, toward immigrants, toward the poor. Uh, And here is the most troubling part. Uh, There is an increasingly, uh, there is increasingly an unwillingness to listen believe and respect the outcries and sufferings of other people in communities other than our own. Uh, The gospel, remember, is we cry out to God and he stops, he takes notice, he moves toward us. Uh, But there is, I fear, in the church a growing habit of indifference to the sufferings of people 
who cry out about matters we would, prepare, we would prefer to debate or ignore. Uh, I'm not talking here about political positions. I'm not talking here about policies. I'm talking about an attitude that the Bible calls a lack of mercy because it's not stopping, listening, and moving towards people. Uh, I think we know if you were to ask people to tell you if you were to go to a street corner and uh, take a random person and say, uh, tell me what you think about Christians today. The first thing they would say is probably not, oh, they're so merciful. They're just overflowing with mercy at every moment. Uh, they stop and pay attention to the cries of other people. Uh, I think they would probably say, oh, those are the people known for their judgments, for pushing their convictions, for expecting everyone to think just like they do. Uh, this is where Jesus' beatitude should shock us because Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Uh, now, you know, I mean, we're, we're Presbyterian people. We're theologically refined. So we often say, well, people who receive mercy show mercy. Uh, and that's certainly true, but it's not the way that Jesus says it. He actually says it the other way around. He says, the merciful will receive what they are giving to other people. Uh, by the measure by which they measure, it will be measured to them. Uh, and the point here is clearly not that we earn mercy by showing it, or we forfeit mercy by failing to. Uh, our mercy is never the cause of God's mercy. Uh, it is always God's mercy implanted in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that makes us merciful. But I think that Jesus, by saying it this way, is trying to inculcate an attitude about mercy, that mercy is one of those rare commodities that the more you give it away, the more you receive it back. The more you dole it out, the more you realize just how much has been lavished on you by God. And that when I am merciful, then I realize I also have no claim on God's mercy and love and kindness. But he stops and he pays attention and he moves towards me anyway. The triune God who created everything comes to live the perfect life that I did not live uh, and die for the sins which I had committed, that is his mercy towards me. Uh, and I think that Jesus also says it this way, uh, the blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy because it's in the form of a promise that the merciful will always in the end fall into the arms of mercy. You hear that? The merciful in the end will always fall into the arms of mercy. In other words, in extending mercy to other people, you will never give out more than you receive. You will, in accounting terms, never be in the red when extending mercy to other people. We will find mercy at the last because mercy has found us at the first. Doesn't that make you want to be merciful? Makes me want to be merciful. Uh, now, what does all this have to do with deacons? Uh, well, uh, deacons will fix all the problems in the world. Uh, wouldn't that be great? 
Uh, I think deacons are one of the ways the church expresses mercy. They are not just being merciful for us, uh, as people called to the office, to this publicly recognized kind of function in the church. They lead us in being merciful to others. They remind us by their work that God is committed to eliminating poverty and suffering and oppression everywhere it exists. And they invite us to enter into that work through our giving, through our service, through our prayers, and in other ways. Uh, You know, the institution of the diaconate is normally traced back to Acts chapter 6. Certain widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of bread, and uh, the widows did not need a sermon on forgiveness from the pastor. They needed someone to stop and pay attention and move toward them in compassionate help. Uh, And that's still the ministry of the deacons today. It's like after every sermon, the deacons are there to say, now are you ready to put that into practice? Are you ready to stop and pay attention to someone and move toward them in compassionate help? Uh, The deacons remind us that mercy is communal. Uh, That we are a part of a community that gives and receives mercy. It's the way we live together as the church in the world. Uh, A church community is a place where you learn mercy. Uh, It is not, by the way, contrary to the expectations of lots of people, uh, the place of perfect people where you never have to give mercy. Uh, It's the place where we learn to extend and also to ask for mercy. Uh, We set apart pastors because we are a community of the Word. Uh, We set apart elders because we are a community of spiritual care. And we set apart deacons because we are a community of mercy. Uh, So blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So now uh, a word to us all, uh, but especially a word to our new deacons. Being merciful is not easy. It is pouring yourself into people who usually are not in a position to reciprocate. Uh, There's the potential for failure, disappointment, even being taken advantage of. No one ever thinks that you're doing it the right way, and they're happy to tell you the way that it should be done. And there will be times... And I think as people who have walked with the Lord for any length of time know this, there will be times when God's view of mercy bumps up against your social and political sensibilities, and you will have to choose between the two. And when that happens, remember, blessed are the merciful. The blessing is growing more and more into the image of the merciful Savior, who was not indifferent to our need, who provided mercy at great personal cost, going to the cross to deliver us from sin and bondage 
and slavery. And so it is only as we continually rediscover His mercy that we can give mercy to others. You cannot give what you have not received. You have to attend, first of all, to the mercies that have been lavished on us in Christ. The mercy of God frees us to be merciful. So, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who choose to live as a part of a merciful community. Blessed are those who show mercy even when it's hard, confident that they themselves will fall into the arms of mercy. Amen. Let's pray together.